Blog Talk Good morning, everybody. Happy, happy Tuesday to you. Happy voting ele- election day today. Hope everybody has gotten out and um, their vote because it really does make a difference. We really want to encourage you to um, to make your voice count by going to vote and um, be prepared for a line because that's a sign. That's a wonderful sign if there is a line. So, um, you know, today is Tuesdays with Michael Farmer, our spiritual personal coach, and boy, do we have a topic for you today. And, of course, that's our main topic, but we will also talk about other things as you call in and your questions are um, related to us. So please feel free to um, go in the chat room with your questions if you're at work and you cannot um, call in with your questions or you can um, tweet us or Facebook us a question, and we will do our best. And my people already know you can text me a question, but we'll make sure we handle your questions. also want to invite you to a very special event that's being held at um, Loretta McNary Show's TV studio on Thursday, November 8th. Yes, we are going to have Memphis Law, and it will be fearless female defenders, and they'll be talking about how do I obtain a copyright, how do I set up an LLC, why do I need a ban agreement and joint ventures, and why do I need a lawyer, and all that good stuff as it relates to entertainment law, and especially those who are entrepreneurs. So you want to make sure that you're legally protected, You know, especially when you want to grow your business. You want to make sure that you know the right answers to these questions. So you can check that out on November 8th at 6.30 till about 8.30, o'clock p.m. And it is free. It's free and open to the public, so come by. We have some of the most dynamic female attorneys here that will be a part of the panel and a part of the show. Carly McCullough, Alicia Washington, Kendra Tidwell, Myra Hamilton, and Danielle we just added um, attorney Danielle Mitchell will also be there. And this is being sponsored by and hosted in part with Lorraine McNary Show and also the National Association of Black Female Executives in the Music and Entertainment Industry. So you can go to Facebook or email us and find out more information about that. So now that we've gotten that business out of the way, we just got to welcome you all so much. Um, welcome you back in. From last week, we we love all the calls, we love all the comments we've been getting, so that means that we're on the right track, and that Michael is really gonna, um, he's really doing what he's called to do, and he's being our spiritual personal coach. Everybody, welcome the fabulous Michael Farmer to Tuesdays with Michael. Hello, everyone. So glad that everyone tuned in. I guess it's, it's so hard to get away from the term tuned in because I'm so used to old radio. Yes, I'm glad everyone clicked in on today. <laughs> <laughs> I so we're going to because you can listen in on your phone too. So that's cool. You can say that. Okay. So I, I still use my old term, tune in. Yeah, yeah. You well, thank you, thank thank everyone for tuning in, and we were certainly glad that you uh, took the time out of your busy schedule to come and embark upon a study of the Word of God, and not just a study, but also a discussion. So we're looking forward to the topic that we're going to be going for today. Yeah, you want to tell them the topic, Michael? The topic for today is coming straight out of the uh, the uh, discipleship study course, and the title the, the title of the discipleship study course is called "That I Might Know Him." Uh, but chapter one deals with uh, very things that's really dear and near to my heart, and it's called first things first: Are you truly born again? So that's what we're gonna delve into on today and look at. Uh, what salvation is, uh, and of course, you know, we're going to deal with the controversial topic that most people kind of deal with in this arena, which deals with the uh, word that they put out that says, once saved, always saved. So we're, we're going to look at that on today, but we're going to let the word of God reign today and answer all your questions on today. <laughs> yeah, because I just want to know what what because I have my own personal opinion with that, and I pray that the Lord, if I've been wrong, then show me. But if I'm right, woohoo! <laughs> well, <laughs> what my thoughts are about it. And and I'm glad you said that because when it when it comes to the uh, to the Word of God, and I I consider myself a scholar when it comes to the Bible because I do a lot of study. I delve into you know the history of the Bible and you know the hermeneutics and the semantics and exegesis and all those things to go with it. So, And I've been to a couple of institutes where you know, that word was pretty much just 
and just blast it into us. So I like it. Everyone has an opinion, but God has the final say. So we're going to let the Father tell you what it really means to be saved on today. <laughs> and, and then that way you can line your opinion up. And your opinion is simply your will. So we're going to line your will up today with the opinion or the will of the Father on today. And that's what all matters to him. Um, all right. So anything you want to interject before we get going into it, Loretta? Well, if I had to say based on what I know to currently and in my own personal studies, I believe that um, salvation is a gift. It is definitely a gift from our Holy Father that we receive and that I think that once you're saved, you're saved. So okay. that's that's where I am right now. Okay. Well, well, like I said, we, we're going to deal with truth on today, T-R-U-T-H. Okay. Because, because something is true doesn't mean it's all This is not our truth, oh, everybody. Yeah. This is what's based on sound doctrine and and um, the the spirit that is written within the book. Of course, and of course, Bible. the Bible tells us that, you know, <laughs> that that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we're gonna let yeah, His yeah. truth reign on today, and that way we, we can stay away from all of all of the debate stuff involved in the issue. Well, let's let's get started. Um. Of course, everyone knows that in order to build a solid relationship with our Heavenly Father, we must you know, first establish if that relationship actually exists. And that's mm-hmm. what you know, I, I really want you to get today. If you want to build a relationship, you must first have a relationship. So, so during this phase, we're just going to examine and give you some information concerning that. I know it's sometimes I think it's oversimplified and sometimes I think it's overcomplicated. Um, but we're just going to, you know, let the word do it on today. And, of course, we all know that that real famous scripture from Romans 10, 9, and 10 that says is that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Of course, that, that's the foundation scripture that most of us mm-hmm. stand on. And it goes on to say, for with the heart, Man believe it unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So there are two things that are involved in your salvation. First thing is your heart. Okay. Every, everything goes back to your heart. Uh, that's what God ultimately looks at when He's dealing with us. He doesn't when when He looks down upon us, He doesn't see flesh and bones because He's a spirit. So spirit sees spirit. So when he looks down on us, he he sees the heart of man, and then the heart just simply means the core of who of who you actually are. And okay. once we really and once we really do believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, why is it important that we believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? Well, the ultimate end or the ultimate reward of our salvation is that we're going to be raised from the dead, in order that we can be caught up together in the earth to meet Jesus. So if you can't believe that God raised him from the dead, certainly you can't believe he's going to raise you from the dead. <laughs> uh, the second part of that deals with, and it says for with the heart, man believe it unto righteousness, and with his mouth confession is made unto salvation. Very key point, we dealt with the heart, now let's deal with the mouth. The mouth is used to confess, and it comes from a Greek word, homologeo, which means to speak the same thing. And there are two things that, that you can use those terms in. First of all, you're speaking the same thing that God speaks. That's one type of confession. But the true essence of confession is that you're speaking the same thing that's in your heart. Okay. Okay. So you, so you truly can make a confession if your tongue is not tied to your heart. Just like I can't go down to 201 Poplar and confess to a crime that I did not commit. I can do it in word. I can go down there and say it. But if there's no fact to back up my confession, or if that confession is coerced, as it is in some cases, then, you know, you never catch the cases, they say. So we, right. so, 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 so we truly believe that Romans 10, not that we confess that Jesus is Lord. That simply means that we confess that he is boss. A lot of people don't like that word, but it is what it is. And 
If you go to work today, and a lot of us probably at work right now listen to this, we all have bosses, supervisors, team leaders, whoever you want to call them. We have someone that's over us. So we confess that, Jesus, you're going to be the Lord of my life. You're the boss of my life. So when I make that confession of him as Lord, I automatically take on the role as servant. Right. So, 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 so think about that for a minute. If On June 30th, 1990, I stood at the altar in front of about 300 witnesses at this church, and I confessed to all those people that Priscilla Johnson was my lawfully wedded wife. Automatically, that put me into position to be her husband, and then she had to do vice versa. So she made that confession with her mouth that I do. <laughs> and I said, I do. So that's it. So our, our words married us, just like our words, my confession in my heart is what puts me in that right standing with Jesus. So so if Jesus is the boss of my life, then if he instructs me to do something, guess what? That's what I should do. So he he left us in a manual called the Bible that's full of instructions how to operate in this kingdom that we just now translate ourselves into once we make that confession. And those are the rules and the principles and laws that govern the kingdom that we're now in. So that's what I mean, are you truly born again? So so we're going to deal with the word salvation here in a minute, but I really want to deal with a particular scripture because some people think that if I quote Romans 10, 9 and 10, that I'm saying no. He said if you confess with your mouth Jesus Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So we don't want to put emphasis on the book and the chapter and the verses. We want to put emphasis on what that book and that chapter and that verse contains. And it gives us the information that we should do what first? Confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, which automatically makes me his servant if I make that confession in faith and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Then he said, I will be saved. Now, what does the word saved mean? Now, I think that's where the uh, controversy comes in when you say one saved, all saved. And the true mm-hmm. essence of salvation, that is exactly right. Because you don't realize what happens when you receive Jesus into your heart and into your life. You become a brand-new creature that never existed before. I, I say you're, you're a hybrid. You're, you're, you're a physical being, but you're also a spiritual being. A brand new spiritual being. Right, so, so, so we're this brand new being that there's one version of the Bible says that never existed before. And once you truly experience, I've, I've never been on drugs before, so I don't know what it means to, you know, to be high and to, you know, experience the euphoria that comes with, you know, smoking marijuana and smoking crack and sniffing cocaine and heroin and all that. I've never experienced that, so I don't know how to relate to that side of it, but. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So let's first mm-hmm. deal with let's first deal with those three areas. There's an inward sign of salvation, and that's where it is. You have righteousness. Righteousness simply is knowing that you know that you're in a right standing before God. You ever been to Loretta where you you just really just knew something and it was so real that you weren't gonna let nothing snatch it from you. Oh yeah. Mhm. Well well that's that's that inward righteousness that you're in and and it's actually a legal term and the word a synonym for righteousness is justification. And justification is a legal term. Okay. So when I'm right. justified so when I'm justified in someone's sight that means there, there's, that, that there's no penalty that comes with my prior actions. They've been eliminated. I've been, I've been declared righteous or I've been justified in his, in his sight. In their sight, right. Mm-hmm. So that's, again, righteousness is a sense of knowing that you know that you're in a right standing before God and knowing that you are justified in his sight. That's really important that you know that you have been justified in his sight. You have been declared innocent of all the guilt that came with the sin that had you bound. You felt that you've been justified. Why? Because you you believe that that slate has been wiped clean. 
So, like, if I, if I stand before a judge and I've done something wrong, I can stand before a peer, I mean, a jury of my peers of 12 people, and they can say, well, you have been declared guilty of this of this certain crime. Well, I can stand before the judge who has the, who has the power to sentence me or to judge me and say, well, yes, you were found guilty, but because of some extenuating circumstances, I'm going to let you go free. Mm. So so who are you going to listen to, the one who say you have been found guilty or the one who has the right to set you free? The one who has the right to set you free. Absolutely. Exactly. You're not going to say, well, didn't the jury just tell me I was found, I was guilty of this charge? He said, yeah. Yes, they did, and it's going on the record as such. But I'm going on the record as the judge that says even though you've been found guilty, there is no penalty that I'm going to impart to you at this time. I, I watched you know what, things. Michael, th- th- that that was really deep, and you can really, I, I, what I got from what you just said, oh, my goodness, this is, this is going to be good. Wow. And, and that's 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 sustaining, and that's in all that we do because when we have um, received Christ and we've asked for forgiveness of our sins, and yes. that's the judge. That's he, and he's saying he's not saying you didn't do it, and it wasn't wrong. He's just saying what I'm saying is I'm covering you. But then we exactly. go back to the, the our society or our family and our friends. They want to keep reminding us. Yes, they do. And so when you said, do you want to believe what the judge said, or are you going to believe what that jury said? So if if you want to use that analogy, that legal analogy for everyday life, are you going to believe what your whoever was telling you something that was really negative and abusive? Are you going to believe that, or are you going to believe what the judge who and, and what we're saying is our Heavenly Father saying, you are righteous, you are beautiful, you're the apple of my eye, I created you That's within right. my image, I have forgiven you of your sins, you are, yes. you know, I love you. So exactly. we need to start believing more what he has said about us instead of what naysayers have said, that you're stupid, you're ugly, you're too fat, you're too stupid, you're <laughs> dumb. I mean, we got to quit believing that. Oh, my goodness, that was good. I like that. <laughs> so, 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 so so, in essence, this judge has extended you some grace. And he said, all you have to do is receive it, and you can go for it. right. Okay. You, you're not going back into your cell to pick up no belongings. You can say whatever's left in that cell, you can have it. <laughs> so by the wow. same token, by the same token, when God justifies us and sets us free from the bondage of sin, He don't want you to go back into those past sins that you were once bound by. That's the true essence of salvation. So mm. once you have been justified in God's sight. His expectancy from you is that you're not going to repeat those offenses that got you here in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. and, and quite frankly, that's what most people do. That, like I said, that, that is the inward sign. Is that it's like I said, that righteousness. And I don't want to spend too much time on it, uh, on this part of it. But I, I just want people to know what, what it means to be declared righteous. And the scripture that goes with that righteousness, peace and joy, is Romans fourteen and seventeen. Uh, the next thing that you experience once you receive God's salvation is peace. You just have mm-hmm. this sense of calm, quiet, restful resolve that can't be shaken. And and I think that was the thing that was more prevalent to me was peace. I, it was it was the peace was so overwhelming that it was it was addictive. You know, <laughs> if, 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 if you can relate to what I say. Because it was it was the thing that I was searching for all of my life. I was 26 years old when I did this. I'd already had, you know, my, my, my girls out of wetlock and were just into all kind of mess running the streets. Afraid to go to sleep at night because I felt if I died in my sleep that I would go to hell. So there was no peace. Uh-uh. But then one day, July 29th, 1989, I heard a preacher preach a sermon about the three Hebrew boys. And because they would because they refused to bow to this idol mm-hmm. God, he he threw them into the midst of a fiery furnace. But when he threw them in there, the Bible says when the when the king came and looked in, he said, Well I don't see three, I see four. So once he put two for once he put them into the fire, then I believe that 
he said, looks like an angel, but then the but I, I believe that was Jesus. Jesus hadn't been manifested yet as Jesus. He was still the word. But I believe yeah. he manifested himself as an angel on that day and he rescued them from that fire for the fire didn't even singe a hair on them. <laughs> Just think about that. Anybody been so close to fire where it's it, it burned hair on your arm? I know what it means to be. Yeah, singed. and even the Bible it. tells you about the people who were, you know, looking at it and putting them in there. They yeah. were they were singed too, oh, just yeah. from having, exactly. you know, put them in there. They they exactly. that fire was so hot that if you were anywhere near it, you got singed, exactly. you got burned. Yeah. And so so I heard that message and I say it to myself, literally, I say it to myself, Wow, if he can deliver them from that <laughs> what I'm in is nothing. And I couldn't wait till the till the preacher said the doors of the church is open. I was the first one up there. And when I stood there and I made that confession, as Jesus Christ and Lord of my life in front of all those hundreds of people, I stepped in, wait, just come off of me. And it was like I was encapsulated inside a bubble and nothing could touch me. So I I experienced this peace that was so overwhelming that I said to myself, Nobody. I don't care who it is. I had a girlfriend at the time. I thought about my parents and everything. I said, I will forsake every last one of them to keep this peace. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so, yeah. so that's what that, so that's that inward sign that, that got me was the peace. Then, of course, the next one is joy. Joy. It's a sense of cheerfulness. It's a sense of gladness and calm delight that you have never experienced. And you can even experience this in the midst of calamity. That's why joy isn't any joy is not an emotion. Joy is a state of being. All these are states mm-hmm. of being. These are not emotions. Right. And they, they're not these. they shouldn't be influenced and they're not driven by what's going on outside of you that caused them. No, it's not. Nothing no, outside not. of you can cause this. No, and and, 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 and and what causes this is the Holy Spirit has now come to enjoy on you. Yeah. And when and when he comes, he brings all these things with him. And if you experience mm-hmm. these three signs or these three evidences, as I say, then you know he's there. And and I, and as I said, in in my mind, it was I would be crazy to go back to the things that had me bound before I experienced this today. And right. it is almost and it is almost twenty four years later, and I never look back. The things that I was bound mm-hmm. by, I never went back to them one hour. I ain't going to say one day. <laughs> I never <laughs> went back to any of those things. And I have a lot wow. of witness, witnesses that can attest to it that I didn't. I was That's very beautiful. sexually promiscuous. I, I never went back to that with the idea that, well, I'm going to ask God to forgive me if I do this again. No. no. I quit cold churches, they say. And All right, because you, like you said, you didn't want anything to take away that feeling that you were feeling. You didn't want that Dude. that um, peace taken. And these are benefits of the Holy Spirit. This is what comes with him. These are things that you are guaranteed to have, and they're there. <clears throat> but sometimes we get so busy in life, we don't we don't know how to be still long enough to feel them. Because, like you said, is it's, it's not a it's not based on your external circumstances. It's there, but we get so caught up in everything that's going on, like calamity or tragedy or whatever. But God's peace is there. You just have to, you just got to get in that that moment where you can feel it, because He promises um, peace that surpasses understanding and unspeakable joy. Well, that's and full of glory. That's 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 what I experienced. I mean, and I and to this day, I can. I can think back to that day, and I can still feel that power that was there mm-hmm. that day. And, and, and now, remember, these are just the inward signs. I'm just talking about inward signs right now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, and, and the last thing, because the Spirit of God has come to truly indwell you, and your body is now the temple of the Holy Ghost, he, he put different desires in your your desires now begin to change. Right. Uh, that desire that desire or appetite to sin or decreases because you have taken on a new nature, one that desires to please God. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's what the Bible tells us that 
that God's love is shed abroad in our hearts, how? By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So when we truly receive Jesus, Jesus in, in the chain gives us the comforter or that paraclete, the one that's called alongside us, to help us live this life of holiness that God has ordained for every believer to live. That's why he gave us a Holy Spirit so we can live a holy life. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it's no accident that he called his spirit holy because, remember, God gave us a commandment that says, I'm holy so you be holy. That's right. So he's faithful but that he when is he so receives awesome. us. He, he gives us the power to be holy, though. There's nothing that we got to do on our own. All we have to do is listen to that inner voice that we, because the Holy Spirit is not going to speak of himself. The Holy Spirit speaks, speaks what Jesus speaks. And if Jesus is my boss and he's given the Holy Spirit to tell me the thing that he desires for me to do, then there's no way that I can go wrong. So that's why it's important that we realize in the time in which we live that the Holy Spirit is the God in the earth today. Jesus has done his work. That's what we have to realize. Jesus mm-hmm. sitting down on the right hand as a father. He's still interceding for us, but he's not coming back to the earth to do anything for us right now. He does that by way of the Holy Spirit. That's right. So so the next time Jesus comes back, the next time he comes back, he's coming back to take me home. <laughs> so, so, so right now I, I still got some things to do So I know I'm not looking for him to come anytime soon You know people say we're in the last days But I said we're in the last well, We've been That's in the it. last days For the last you know 2,000 years or more Over 2,000 so, years Yeah yeah. Because in, in God's eyes A day is just 1,000 years and 1,000 years a day And we talked about that last week About you know eternity having no tenths of time We kind of touched on that on last week Mm-hmm. So let's so so let's let's cover the four inward signs again. You have righteousness, you have peace, you have joy, and then the desires that you once had they begin to change. That, that's that inward sign. So that's what I mean. That's why I'm saying if you're truly born again, you are truly born again. Because there, there's no way, as I think it says in Hebrew, it may be in Hebrew six, I think it is, that said. That once you have been enlightened and tasted of that heavenly gift, you say it is impossible. That's what uh, <laughs> Paul say, and they, and they say Paul is the, is the writer of the book of Hebrew. Paul say it is impossible for you to go back to the things that you do and try to renew everything again to repentance. Once you just think it, once you tasted of something, just like well, once you tasted really good food, it's hard for you to go back to the junk. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> once you, you don't want well, to anymore. Once you tasted a good, a good steak, a good aged piece of tender steak, it's hard to go back and lavish bologna. <laughs> I know oh people, my goodness, I, you're right. That is so true. I know people. Still, I know people still <laughs> go like back here and now. It's totally most of faith. Why? Because now you've you've been now introduced to something new and better, and then also more a little bit more beneficial for you too as well. Now let's cover uh, the outward signs. What are some of the outward signs? And I think I covered that earlier, and, and some of that is found in Second Corinthians five and seventeen. Okay. Get that right, quick. You got it. No, not 2nd yet. Second Corinthians five. And 17. 17. Okay. Now, we're going to talk about, like I said, we're going to talk about some of the outward signs. But one of the base scriptures I want to use for this one is, is that particular scripture. And it says, therefore, if, key word, if, that, that means condition, if any man be in Christ, he is. So, if I am truly in Christ, I am that new creature. And right mm-hmm. behind that, there's a colon. I mean, he's now going to explain you what this new creature is all about. And it says, old things are passed away. Behold, right. behold, behold means to look and expect closely. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So the Bible just told us that if any man is in Christ, he is a he is a new creature. Not he's going to be 
or he should be. <laughs> the Bible says he is a new creature. And how do you know that? Well, because he said the old things are now passed away. So if, if when you receive Christ and you were and you were in bondage to a particular sin, and if you say you have received Christ into your heart, guess what? The old things have to pass away. Why? Because you're new. That's that right. old evidence. That so if, if you're going back into those old sins, then the Bible says you are not a new creation. Because he just, he just explained to you what the new creation is. And the evidence of that is that old things have passed away. Now, some of us are going to miss the mark. I'm not saying that you're going to go to hell because you... God is in if and if I think on the next installment of this we're gonna deal with first John, the first epistle of John because he deals with this man in such a way that it just blows you away. Yeah. But we we're yeah. not gonna deal with that today. We're just gonna deal with these inward and outward signs on today. So as I said, we're gonna let the scriptures be a judge on today. I'm not gonna give you my opinion. I'm gonna give you what the Bible says. And it said that therefore if if it means what, Loretta? It means condition. Yeah. It's a condition. So if any man be in Christ, what's the result of him being in Christ? He is a new creature. He is a new creature. And then he explains to us what the new creature looks like. Old things are passed away. So if the old things are still there, then guess what? I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna let them listen to answer that for themselves. I'm just giving you something thinking about. Like I said, I'm necessarily <laughs> coach. Um, that spiritual coach is making you exercise your mind. It's been atrophied. It hasn't been used in a long time. You've got to get your mind to thinking. And it said, behold what? All things. They didn't say some things. Yeah, all all things. things are become new. If you are truly born again, all things have become new. That's right. Why? Because God is not going to, God is not going to put Put new on top of old. When he puts new in, he got to go in and wipe the old out. So you can be truly new. It's almost as, as my pastor used the example all the time. Who was out there working the field all day and come home and put on a three piece suit? <laughs> you, have just, you have just put. And you, don't put this, you can tell the difference. <laughs> you don't. You don't. You don't. You don't came in. You don't work in the field all day. Sweat it. Hot, grimy and gritty and dirty, and you will come home, take off the dirty clothes, and put on your custom-made three-piece suit with everything, with all the sessions to go with, and go spray on a little bit of cologne on the top of it to keep down the stench. But guess what? You may not smell you, but some other people yeah. <laughs> Everybody, you will. Yeah, everybody else will. That's so, for sure, and you will too. So, 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 so I'm, I'm using that analogy to say if if you think that the Holy Spirit comes in on top of all the old mess and, and you think he's going to live there in your temple, then you have another thing coming. So like I said, I, I just want you to examine the scripture. I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on that part. But just mm-hmm. consider it. Think about it. So the outward signs are, we're going to deal with these outward signs, is you have a change of behavior. Those are some of the outward signs. Your manners of speech, if you used to curse every other sentence, that, no, you shouldn't do that anymore. Your attitude and your demeanor are visibly different. People can see the difference in you. i never forget that same Sunday I had to work. And I went into work, and this lady I used to talk to all the time in the kitchen, she was an older lady. And she, I walked in, and she looked at me. She was staring at me. She said, Michael, you got saved. I mean, I, I didn't say anything, Loretta. She could <laughs> see it on me. She could see the glory of God emanating from me without wow. even, she she saw it. We didn't have the conversation. She just saw it. And, boy, we rejoiced right there in that kitchen all together. So there's a change of behavior, and those behaviors, your manners of speech, your attitude, and your demeanor are visibly different. There's also a change of lifestyle. Those are custom, sinful actions that now make you uncomfortable. There are some places that when you're saved or things that you used to do that you, once you become born again or saved, that when you go back into that environment or you go back into that lifestyle, you, you're just not comfortable with it. 
You you can't be comfortable with it if you're born again. Mm-hmm. I remember we were. I think one of the things that I was with you used to do, and some people know my testimony. I'm not going to give a lot of detail on it right now. But we used to go. We was in the club on Fridays and Sundays. And I remember when I got born again, we had a family reunion after that. The next year we had a family reunion. One of the functions was held in in uh, a club, one of the functions that the family reunion had. Well, I, I, in me, there was a check in my spirit that I should not go, and I didn't go to that particular function. Why? Mm-hmm. Because, because that was the environment that, that, that made it conducive for me to be in sin. Mm. Now remember, now remember, things, there's nothing unclean of itself. But remember, I'm just a babe in Christ at this time, so right. he protected me. So, so, so he protected me from that. No, you don't need to go back into that environment right now. I, because I have things for you to do, and I obeyed that. And I now later on, I understood why. You know, my family couldn't understand why, but at the time, I really didn't care why, because I had that peace. It was unspeakable. <laughs> so, and, and what I say, I'm not going to let nobody take that away from me. So you have a change of lifestyle. You have a change of friends and acquaintances. Wow, that's never biggie. I was, just, I was just reading that. I was just reading an article. Uh, I'm doing some things exercise wise, and one of them that we on, on one of the exercises that we have to do is is write down the five people that we spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. And then it says, now, once you write those five names, he said, that's what your future is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And, you to, and you need to examine those people who are close to you. So wow. you have to, you have to change the I mean, we're, we're influenced by the people we hang out with. So let's just stop there. Let's slow down right there for a minute because this is okay. really critical. Um and like we already said in the first show when we introduced while we were doing the teases with Michael, our spiritual personal coach, because we need to build our spiritual muscles and we want to answer those questions. So if the five people that you're hanging out with and you don't think they're influencing you some kind of way, then we really need to do an entire show on this because everybody that you hang out with, that you associate with, you spend intimate quality time with, they do influence you. You you gonna decide why I don't want to do this because they may look at that. What were you saying, Michael? I said yes. I said whether they realize now. Most people realize that that the the people that that around you all the time have an influence upon you. They do. Whether it's it's whether it's an influence that you can see immediately or maybe a couple years down the line or a month or so, but if. And if and then I've heard these other people say that and this is funny and I agree. If you're the smartest person in your spiritual in your um five people influence then you need to get a whole new team of people because you should never be the smartest person. It should always and people are intimidated by this, so they want to be around people who don't know as much, have as much or whatever. But you shouldn't choose your choose your friends like that, especially your five closest friends. They should exactly. uplift you, build you up, call you on your on your mess and love. That's right. And, um, you know, help you to become better. You should be a better person for having spent time with them, not feel worse, not have to be somebody else, change your whole personality, change what you believe to be around these people. So I think we really should address at some point in our, you know, in our dialogues down the road because we have to be more aware of who we're around because people, you know, they should build us up. They should make us better. And if you are in somebody's five, then you should be building them up and making them better and not condoning their mess or being, you know, super religious over somebody else's life or judgmental, but just in love. So that's, that is critical. That is, that's a very out, that's one of those real important outward signs too. Yes. Your and, friends and, and your acquaintances. I, I, I think there's a scripture that says evil, evil communication corrupt good manners. Well, that communication mm-hmm. that doesn't just, really just be talking about verbal speech. It's talking about evil, evil lifestyles or evil. It's how you share yourself with other people. If you're constantly around evil, then if you're that person that's good, then that evil was, uh, is going to some point corrupt you. Don't corrupt those good manners that that your that your elders taught you all of the time. So, so mm-hmm. you can't throw away. 
with that. And, and more, and I think the older I get, I, I lean more on some of those old sayings that my, my grandparents used to say when we were young boys. It, mm-hmm. it, it comes back to me, and it makes so much sense now. I said they didn't have a lot of books since they didn't really know the essence of what the Bible really was, but they had words and principles that they lived upon that the Bible, I can find scripture that back up those old sayings. Right, because it used to be say, just, we used to say old wives' tales or whatever, like they used to say. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, birds of a feather flock together. Together, uh-huh. <laughs> and, birds, you know, and that's in the good and the bad. They sure uh, do. And, and, and what's old women, you know, if you... If if you lay with dogs, then you're going to get fleas. Get up with fleas, yeah. <laughs> All that's so you, true. Yeah. So, 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 so that outward sign that you that you should change your friends. You need to forsake those acquaintances and those relationships that are not in agreement with your newfound manner of life. You you can't if if there are some people who are not in in agreement with your new manner of life, then you should drop them like a hot potato. Absolutely, because they will drop you. They're going to drop you when you stop being oh, yeah. and agreeing with all their mess. So it's gonna, it's got to happen because, you know, iron's supposed to sharpen iron. So it's supposed to be sharpened. And that's exactly. Difficult. I can't take so credit what, for that one. <laughs> so once again, so once again, I would, I would support scripture for this is Second Corinthians 5 and 17, and all of it deals with change. I know, you know people need to see a change in you to know what's going on because people know what's on the inside of you. They know mm-hmm. what's on the inside of you about what you do on the outside. Yep. Uh, the next change is the next change is a change of venues. You need to abandon the places that made it convenient and comfortable for you to see it. Mm. So think about that. You need to abandon the places and venues that made it convenient and comfortable for you to see it. And that's why and that's where that club instance came from. I mean, and, you know, I, 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 I want to dance. You know, I'm, I'm not really going there to, to go out to dance when I was back there in the world. Yeah. I was going in there to, I was going there to meet young ladies. No pure and simple. So that's why I had to abandon, you know, that change of venue. And I'm glad you made that point because I don't want people that are listening, and, and again, even mature Christians have to do, have to stay away from things that may cause somebody that's not as mature spiritually or in the word as they are so you don't cause them to sin. That's what and the Bible talks about that. So if you are a Christian and I'm not saying that you can't go to a club, but I am no. saying that if you no. are a Christian no. and you're going to the club for a hookup and to <laughs> and to do something that you know would not please God and something that you would want to, you know, share with your children that you went. Now, I like to dance. I love to yeah. dance, but I don't go to clubs because I know most people there don't just like to dance. They're not there just to dance. So exactly. I don't go to clubs. Now, if I knew I could just go and dance and have a great time, I'd have to worry about somebody trying to get my number and, you know, all in my face, I would go. But I know that's not yeah. going to happen. It has not happened. So that's for me. But I'm not saying that Christians can't go to clubs. I'm just saying that if you go in for the reason to, to you know, to sin, exactly. then that's where the issue comes in. That's what we're talking about, you know, getting away from those things and doing those things that you used to do now that you're a Christian. Yeah, because you you gotta realize when you when you're first born again, that's the Bible says you you're a babe. That and, and, and yeah. babies have to be protected. So, you know, you have to put yourself in uh in an environment that's so conducive to holiness because you you now have this holiness nowadays on the inside of you that's pure that you don't even know what to do with. So he's he's gonna lead you and direct you. I'm not saying where you should and should not go, but that's why I give personal examples. Just like the right. thing I made about the change of venues for me. Another change of venues was before I got saved, I used to go to the liquor store to catch my check. Well, mm. after the week after I got saved and I got my paycheck, I was going to uh, catch my check. And the Lord said, I don't want you to go in there, you know, get to a bank account and start catching your check. Or go, or go to the bank and catch a check that it's drawing on. And and literally from that time, I haven't been to a liquor store since then. Is there anything wrong with going to a liquor store? No. No, it just for me, it was it would have been a bad witness. He knew it would be a bad witness for me because I was because I was telling people, no, I'm Chinese. I'm gonna do none of that stuff no more. <laughs> and, and 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 of course, I had to back up everything that I was saying, and I did. 
I backed up everything that I was saying. So remember, these are the four outward signs, change of behavior, change of lifestyle, change of friends, which I think is really hard, and change mm-hmm. of venues. Uh, and simply put, I mean, there should be some signs that follow your born-again experience. That's the bottom line to it all. You know, there there got to be some signs. Some, some outward signs, signs that, you know, up. the world can see. I'm not the exactly. same person anymore. Yeah, I don't do you know, those and, things I used to do. Exactly, and 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 you, and you and you have to really meditate on that scripture I gave you, Second Corinthians five and seventeen. That I'm, I'm this new creature. You know that the Spirit of God now enjoys me, and when He comes in, you know, desires change. That, that that's just His nature. Now of course, no. There are no. Now there are, of course there'll be times when no, we're going to miss the mark, but you have to be willing and quick to repent. And and to repent simply means to have a change of heart, and also at the same time have a change of direction. Right. Because the key to living a successful Christian life, bottom line, is consistency. You gotta be consistent. That's that's in any realm of life. If you want to become a master in something. You have to be consistent in the, in the rules and the proof and the guidelines that govern that endeavor. So, mm-hmm. so Christianity is one of these things that you know. And I'm, I'm just going to let you know, you, you're just not going to be popular with a whole lot of people during this time. You, you just <laughs> you, you might as well face it. They're going to dog you out. They're going to talk about you. Say, man, you, I thought you used to have it going on, man. You know, you you used to be it, man. It's, look, man, that, that's old. I don't do that no more, man. Oh man, come on, have a come on, have a drink with me. Oh man, I can't, I can't do that. I can't, no, I, no, I can't do that right now. That's, you know, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, and, and, see, and, and what I like about that scenario, Michael, is you're not telling them you, you're just saying I can't do it. You're not trying to go exactly. in there and judge them no, and try to no, change them. And I think no, that's where, no, especially new Christians, yeah, they, <laughs> they don't understand that. That the best way to to really get somebody to change their way of thinking is for you to be consistent right. in your change, not to keep pointing your finger at them and say, "Man, you gonna exactly. go to hell if you do that." And, and exactly. you, I, I've never wanted to be that kind of Christian. That's not my job. I'm not here because to judge job, anybody. And, and, and you're true. The 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 job of con- convincing the world of Satan that's the Holy Spirit job. Exactly. That's because, not my job. Because, I'm telling you. Because no man can come unto the Father except what. Except the spirit draws him. Mm-hmm. You That's have right. to draw it's our way to you know live our life, so they want to know. Hey, Loretta, can you tell me? You know, why is it that you you you're so happy? What is it about you that keeps you, you know, with this peace that you have? That you're you know other people are getting all flustered, and here you are, your peace. And then you have all this joy. And then that's when I say, you know what? Well, come, let me tell you why. I'd love to tell you why. <laughs> I'd love to tell you why, and it's because of my personal relationship with my Heavenly Father. I want to please Him, and I want to be all that I can be, because I don't want to um, cause somebody else to, you know, to go the wrong way. No, and that, and that, and I'm glad you brought that point up, Loretta, about, you know, you're not going into those areas and condemning people. I, I never did that. I, I never mm-hmm. said you shouldn't be here. You know, no, there were people that were, that were close to me and knew me, and knew my character. Now, some of them follow suit. You know, um, you know my my roommate. Who, you know, at the time, who was my first cousin. You know, he followed suit. And I had you no know, a brother. Did you no? Know, they followed suit. So that was mm-hmm. they were seeing they were seeing this newfound way of life, and they was like, man, if uh, uh, you know, you know, at, at at some point, you know, you know, this charade is gonna wear off. Well, well, the charade has been going for twenty three years. No time, no time soon. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for anything, Loretta. I, I miss nothing about the world that had me in mind. I, I miss nothing about it. None of it. None right. whatsoever. Uh, so let's that's, let's look at the let's, now. Now, now let's let's look at these other points before we run out of time here. And now, now let's let's deal with the words of salvation. The, the word salvation comes from a Greek word that means sozo, and, 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 and it's a loaded word. I mean, it's like, it's like a loaded baked potato. You know, you got everything. <laughs> but what salvation is, it's a loaded word. And it, it takes on all these meanings or connotations. The first one is deliverance. 
So so when I say I'm saved, I can be saying, well, I'm delivered. We're delivered from what? And to be delivered means to break free from all bondages of life. So 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 when when I receive salvation, I receive deliverance from fornication. It was it, it was a bondage for me. It was something that had me bound. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I never been, went back to that lifestyle of fornication after June, July 29, 1989. Never did, and I got witnesses that can attest to it. There is there is wow. no young lady in this world that can call in and say he's lying. That's beautiful. Not one, not one. So so I so so God delivered me from that. That that was the thing that had me bound. Uh, it also means health. It means to walk in divine healing. So when I say I'm saved, I should be walking in divine healing. I should be doing. I should be following all those dietary laws that keep me walking in divine healing. That way I don't have to spend all my resources trying to get well. So part Mm -hmm. part of salvation is is healing. Healing for your neck and your your mind, healing in your body, healing in your spirit, healing in your finances. It's to walk in divine health or healing. The next one is protection. It means that I have the right to dwell in safety. So I'm not always right. walking around, you know, you know, you know, I'm 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 vigilant when I'm going out, but I'm not always worried about somebody walking behind me and you know, and cracking me across my head. No, I, I truly believe that because I'm born again, you know, my angels protect me. That's right. So so I have the right to dwell in safety. Another is is preservation. I have the right to be kept in the midst of calamity. So so God has preserved me in a lot of situations that I found myself in that that could have turned out to be really, really bad. Um, but he he preserved me or he kept me in the midst of calamity. That's what preservation means. The next one is holiness. You have a right to be found in your mind, your body, and your spirit. And the, and the last one is prosperity. That means to do well in every area of life. Prosperity doesn't just deal with finances. Finance is a big part of it. But to prosper in something means it's, it means to do well. So let's let's run that down again. Is deliverance, is health or healing, protection, preservation, wholeness, and prosperity. So the word salvation carries all of those meanings. So now when you say I'm saved, you can always drop in one of those words there, and it never interferes with the meaning of what you just said. So if, if I say I'm saved and I have been delivered upon occasion, then I, I can't be running out there every now, every now and then and give me a quick fix and then run it back and ask God for, for, for forgiveness. No, I've been delivered from that. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's deep. No, okay, I'm so glad you, you know, said that. Um, because when we think of salvation, and I, I'm really saying when I think of salvation because I can't speak for anybody else, and then I speak for those people who we've had this conversation. I I have forgotten that these are also benefits of being saved, about the deliverance from, you know, those things that had you bound, whatever they yeah. are. And then yeah. um that we're we have a right to be protected and um to be healed and preserved, you know, being kept in the midst of trouble. We, those are our rights and then we have the right to, to wholesomeness and prosperity. So Wow, see, and we only have a few more minutes in the show, so I really can't get into that. But I think what we should do, Michael, is a show on the benefits of being safe. Because when we think about being safe, we're just thinking about, you know, eternally. Exactly. On that side heaven. of heaven, we get exactly. all these benefits. And that's, that's why cool. most people don't care about salvation. Because they're like, well, I ain't going to worry about that now. I'm worried about that when I die. But there are some <laughs> earthly benefits to being saved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and if you don't you, know what your benefits are, that's like if you were a retired uh, employee, a retired service veteran. If you don't know what your rights are, what you're entitled to, you can't go that's get right. them. That's so right. That's, if that's, you don't know what you're entitled to because you're saved, you can't call on those things. And, and no, you, you know, you can't really get them. <laughs> They're there for you. And they're yours, but if you don't know that, then how will you know to go get them? So we're going to talk about that on the show, too, that okay. these are the things that you can expect 
because you're you're because of salvation, not just in heaven. You know, on the other side, when when you know when the rapture comes, or those who die before that, then he's gonna call us back up. But you gotta know what your rights are. And that's what know. this show is about. Me. That's why you can tune in every Tuesday, or you can go back and listen to the archives, and you can and because this show is really deep and is dealing with things spiritual and biblical, you can't just listen to the show one time and get everything. You got if you no, listen you to it again, you'll get something different. If you listen to a third time, then you'll get something that you never got the other two times because this is this is new. This is learning. This is being introduced to things that you were introduced to maybe perhaps before in your church and when you were first saved, but you forgot about them because you were so busy, right. trying, you know, trying to live right. And I fell into that too. But there are benefits, y'all. <laughs> you all, there are so many benefits to, to salvation and we got to make sure um, that we can help you with that. Because you're like, well, why am I sick and why don't I have anything and why does this person have that? And sometimes it's just a matter of you not knowing that you're entitled to it so you don't expect it. Because you, I, I think there's a saying that I just hear at the end of my, my pastor's radio broadcast years ago, and he used to say, walk in the awareness that Jesus is Lord. And so you so you have to walk in the awareness of these, that these benefits are available to me. So mm-hmm. so you if, if you're not aware that these benefits are there, you can't take advantage of them. And and, and before we end you know, you know, today's you know, broadcast, I just want to leave the hearers with this this scripture in John eight thirty six that says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And and I, I just want you to meditate on that. If 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 Jesus has truly come in and made you free, he said you're free indeed. Nobody's going to be freed from prison and then go out and commit the same same crime that got them in prison in the first place. You, you you would think that person is crazy. Mm-hmm, if, but if, people do if, it. If, exactly. If, if if someone no this look this someone was given a say say you were given a life sentence for a crime you committed, and then before the governor leaves office, he said, "Okay, I'm going to let this person go free." So you you are now just delivered from a life of knowing that you're going to die in prison for the next. You, I'm, I'm here for the next how many ever years? Sixty five years. And the governor sets me free. He grants me clemency. And then I go out and commit the same crime that got me there in the first place. <laughs> Man, they are, they'll, they'll, they'll probably put you on death row if you came back. <laughs> because, <laughs> but, but, but because, because you took advantage of an opportunity that very few people get. So, so it doesn't matter what the inmates will be looking at when he walks back through the gates again. Mm-hmm. And said, "Wow, for the fool." Yeah, well, exactly. That's just ignorant, you know. That's, so that's I, don't so know I just want to leave something that believing what they were telling you. What you said, Michael? I'm sorry. I said I, I just wanted to leave the hearers with something to to chew on uh, until we meet again on next week, and I'm going to leave it to you to close us out and. Say what you need to say and take us to the house. Okay, <laughs> I guess because of what we said, and yeah, we have one minute. I will, but Michael Palmer, you you know, you're awesome, and I always learn so much from these teasers with you. I'm so much better um, as a person spiritually and definitely um, in other areas too. But Proverbs twenty eight thirteen says, "He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy." And that just talks about, you know, we got to mess up, and God built some grace in to this whole picture of of, of salvation. We're gonna mess up, but you don't want to mess up because you love Him so much, and you want to show Him that you're appreciative. That's what keeps us from those things most of the time. But we we understand that they're we're not perfect. But we are perfect in who we are, and and Jesus is certainly yeah. perfect. So, Michael, I'm like I said, I'm enjoying these Tuesdays. I feel really, really good from having um, shared and really dived into the Word, and then use these um, everyday experiences to really help people understand what we're saying. I think that people will be helped and blessed. And when you're listening, please encourage other people to listen. You can always go back to archives and listen to this show a hundred times if you want to. And one thing for sure. Um, um, 
when we get another Tuesday, you can be sure that we're going to give you some more of this really good information to help you um, to find your joy again and being saved and be happy about it and encouraging everybody else and be salt of the world. You know what I mean, Michael, about that, just helping the world be better. Well, we're better. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening to Loretta McNary Live. Teases with Michael every Tuesday. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity.